Hello and welcome to the Bar is Loaded podcast. I'm Amy Jarvie and the Bar is Loaded is a podcast all about powerlifting. The podcast will explore hot topics through thought-provoking conversations with coaches, sports psychologists, researchers, nutritionists and lifters of all levels. I hope you enjoy listening and that being part of the Bars Loaded community inspires you and supports your growth as an athlete in this amazing sport. Hello, welcome back to The Bar is Loaded. Um, we've been off for a few weeks, um, mainly because the two of us have both been in Canada. The two of us being me and Johnny, by the way, um, we're doing yes, the episode. Husband and wife. <laughs> husband and wife. Um, uh, we're doing this uh, episode together um, today. Yeah. So we've both been in Canada for a friend's wedding, and then right after that, um, I was actually competing at the weekend, and then... I took a weekend off because I was pretty wiped out after the competition, which is actually the subject of our conversation today. Um, I I didn't have the best competition, it's safe to say, um, and did feel like I underperformed. And I think it's probably worthwhile having a discussion about that yeah. because I think it's an experience that every powerlifter will have at some point in their life where they go into a competition yeah. and maybe everything's gone swimmingly up until that point and then they just have this bad experience and I think there's a lot to be said about the different influences that maybe could have created that bad experience like those external factors or Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. things that maybe inform the way that we think about competing or the pressures that we put on ourselves which I think will be an interesting discussion (laughs) Um, but then also how you then accept that deal with it and move on to process the whole Mm -hmm. experience and in doing so you elicit some really really interesting things and yeah. you learn a lot about yourself and I think you become better um, because to cope you have to uh, improve your attitude your mindset towards value and like personal value and uh, people's opinions how much you care about that mm. how deeply that involves it sort of informs your your sense of value and also why you lift in the first place yeah why 100%. do you compete in the first place yeah um yeah also, I'm very, very much hoping that our little dog Barney, and, and who's sleeping in the background, this yeah, this is in crazy. our living room, and there is, it's not posh or fancy or anything like that. <laughs> the, the dog is here, and if he does go well, then welcome to like our crazy living room. Barking this, yeah, in the yeah. background. This is such an unfiltered podcast, by the way. Um, oh yeah. But essentially, yeah, we thought it would be a good podcast to do um, one just starting again, starting getting back into a routine with the podcast and hopefully um, just having a very relaxed conversation um, that hopefully will help some people and be and be quite interesting. So I'm going to hand over to Johnny to ask the questions and I'm mainly going to answer them, but hopefully um, there'll be quite a lot of back and forth and we can have a bit of a discussion as well. Yeah. So I'm handing over the podcast notebook. The pad, here we go. Oh, Al Barney is going to start barking any minute. Oh, <laughs> right, so uh, here we are. Yeah, so obviously... Um, this kind of podcast is in the week of the Scottish. Yes. Oh, yeah. The comp um, is the Scottish Championship. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, Amy, you were competing there. Mm-hmm. Two weekends ago. Two weekends yeah. ago, it was um a Sunday, Sunday the sixteenth. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. and uh, obviously you're the fifty-seven. I'm a fifty-seven. I am the open division now. Yeah, division, I'm under yeah. fifty-seven kilo. 
um, powerlifter. And you did well. You broke 90 GL points. I broke 90 GL points. I suppose Mark. that is uh, <coughs> an achievement. Sorry, just a mild cough there. <laughs> um, no, uh, you, did, you did really well. What I'm trying to say is objectively, and to those spectating and watching, we're looking at a great performance. However, well, we'll come back to the world of Instagram later on, I'm sure. But <laughs> if you you follow Amy on Instagram or whatever, I, I suppose you might well do if you know about this podcast. But uh, like you'll follow see me on all Instagram. The, hey, <laughs> uh, you'll see all these training videos, right? And this is one of the reasons why I think it's actually quite detrimental in a lot of ways. But anyway, you see a lot of these training videos. People post usually their best clips mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. And you yeah. get an impression of some of these prep and you see their numbers. Um, yeah. And there's some evidence here to suggest, hey, they have this amount of strength and mm. if they can put it all together on that day, they might get a great total or whatever. Uh, and uh, and then you go to the comp and mm. I think you felt that there were things, uh, you know, you didn't lift as much as you could have. No, basically. well, I mean... That's how you felt. It wasn't even so much, it was just how, well, in terms of it being like I didn't lift as much as I could have, that's an interesting statement because on the one hand considering a lot of the external factors that influence the day and the fact that you know I felt so unwell like on the day and experienced quite a lot of nerves again which we can explore in more depth but um I think there's an extent to which you're like well maybe that was what I had on the day I think I had a little bit more in terms of like obviously there was some lifts where particularly for squat where it was the first um lift and we were still kind of gauging how I was feeling and how I was coping we did go with like the planned jumps and Mm -hmm. I think maybe if we changed that and we'd maybe um pulled back on my second attempt I maybe would have got my second attempt at maybe 145 or something like that um kilograms that is um but I think in terms of what I expected to be able to lift, um, the prep had been really good. I was feeling in a really good headspace. Um, I'd hit 150 kilos on squat not that long ago. I was regularly hitting 147.5 as my top single in the gym. Um, really quite easily. I was quite comfortable with opening 140. I've you know, repeatedly done that for for several um, reps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just something I felt really confident in. I'd hit an eighty kilo bench when yeah. I was actually on holiday, yeah. and I mean my weight was in a good place. I didn't need to do a big cut. Um, so I just felt like all everything was on one hand. You could say everything was in my favor um, with the really good prep, and I was very set up to hit the four hundred total, which was what I was really aiming at Um, but on the other hand there was a lot of external factors that I didn't really appreciate I think Mm. in their the full impact of them so the the competition was meant to have been like the date of it was changed it was meant to have been (sighs) before I went on my holiday yeah, because like we, yeah. we were in Canada for for over two weeks. And yeah, the, nearly three weeks. The plan weeks. initially had been that the the comp would be before we went away. Yeah. So you were looking at this like I can really go for this, mm. really empty the tank, have a great day, ideally, or as good a day as I can have. Then I'll get two and a half weeks holiday, and it's like you can just relax. You don't oh. need to think about what you're eating. You don't need to think about you know training specific training in some or whatever. Ways, yeah. But as you say, it was pushed to the other side of the holiday. In fact, the weekend that we came back. 
Yeah, and that made it really challenging in many ways because there was not just this this fact that I was in another country, I had different food as well, like my routine was completely thrown out the window, um, which is something I really rely on actually as a person to kind of feel in control of everything and, and I really do find that my powerlifting performance does correlate with um, the consistency of my routine and I'm the kind of person who I really don't mind having kind of the same things to eat every day <laughs> like there's a lot of um like bolognese like I eat a lot of bolognese <laughs> um but there's I like the consistency and I think it, it in some ways it was a good challenge to be totally thrown into something different because you don't always have the luxury of being able to control every factor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's also, it does have its challenges and being in Canada and not having access to the food that I normally would, um, being out a lot of the time because, you know, I was meeting friends and I didn't want to miss out on those experiences because yeah. it's not every day you go, you know, I, I, had the opportunity to actually live in Montreal for a number of months in 2019 and I hadn't seen all of those friends since 2019 so I wanted to take the opportunity to you know be hanging out with them and spending valuable time with them but often that did involve going out for food and things like that and 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 that was fine it was it's what it's what it was what it was yeah it was what it was um and I really did enjoy it um and I think I dealt with it well from a cutting perspective and trying like being in the right place uh, with my weight a rough idea of your, your yeah. calories basically I, but at the same time it's not like it didn't have an impact on me and I think that's what I kind of discarded as I thought you know I was actually looking for more at the positives of being away I was like oh well I'll get to see my friends and it's going to be nice and warm and I'm, I'm going to be on holiday I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly. working yeah. I think there there is it's an extent it's obviously going to be easier it's going yeah. to make That's me what you're better yeah, yeah. yeah whereas actually it's a really challenging thing to navigate being away for such a long time um just even the stresses of getting flights and navigating around town <sighs> and um just and the, and the time difference is not to be underestimated yeah. because yeah. It's, it's five hours behind. Uh, now, that's not the biggest jump that people make, not even behind. for competitions. Is it not? It's not yeah, yeah. Yes, it is behind, yeah. sorry. That's... Um, I'm thinking about, for example, Evie Corrigan coming from New Zealand to yeah. Malta, right? <laughs> Goodness, right. There's some massive, massive jumps that people make, right? But the trouble... Mm. So, from your perspective, what had happened, which was interesting, was you'd been five hours behind for two weeks... And then came back. Well, nearly and then it was three, that week- actually. Yeah. Nearly three weeks. Yeah, and then it was that weekend you were competing. So mm. you, the challenge you were facing was, how do I mitigate this just strange internal feeling of jet lag and all of that stuff? Um, yeah. Coupled with just a real, I suppose it's an emotional high when you're away at your friend's mm. wedding in a place that's really m- meaningful for you mm. on holiday and it's like so good. And you come back and you're definitely not in a rhythm of any description. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and you're, you're in this kind of odd jet-like position and so on. But anyway, what, what I want to ask you is, so how do you actually feel, given all these things? And I, I mean, I think they all play a part in this answer. But what I'm getting at is, how do you feel about your performance and, and uh, what's been on your mind looking back at it and what do you think you've brought brought out from it I suppose as you've been yeah. processing well I think it's also worth saying kind of what my performance was so I I went one for three on squats I went two yeah. for three on 
uh, bench and I went two for three on deadlifts, very narrowly missing my third deadlift, which was the only lift of the day that I actually went away feeling a little bit of a sting from because I feel like there was such a possibility of me having got it. Uh, whereas there was a lot of the other ones where it was just like, okay, it just wasn't there on the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. whereas the, the deadlift one, I kind of lost my balance a little bit, which was a little bit frustrating. But um, yeah, I mean, so that was the performance. Um, so not my best day. A five for nine day isn't usually something that anybody's, you know, jumping up and down celebrating about. Um, but at the end of the day, I did win the under 57 kilo open class. And I, <laughs> and I came second uh overall in terms of the best lifter positions i came second and um i broke the scottish deadlift record and um what's the other thing oh yeah i got seven and a half kilo um total pb so i still managed to come away with a pb on squat and a pb deadlift um yeah so and i think it's worth actually objectively looking at this because i think it's one probably one of the themes of all this has been, um, you you've come away feeling, I think it's fair to say, pretty dreadful. Oh yeah, right? I, I mean I felt terrible the first for, couple of days for yeah. a long time. It just was really really disappointing for you. Uh huh. But it's funny that even though you can objectively win your class, break a record, and come second in the in the best lifter award for which there was a cash prize <laughs> um, props to Scottish powerlifting for figuring that out that was cool um, so you know you can do object and get a PBA on your toe that's like tick 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 that's like great yeah. and it's so it's objectively good and, and yet what really stays with you and what impacts you is the way that you take it personally you know because you, sure. you walk away, you don't walk away with it from it with everyone cheering at you you walk away from it with just your own thoughts really I think as well you're also competing not just with the people who are there and, and on the one hand of course you're competing with the people who are there but yeah. you're competing with this um with yourself really exactly. with this sort of exactly. like you know this is your goals and your ambitions and yeah. your dreams that you're working towards and in some ways it's it just stings sometimes when you have this belief and you kind of really have worked on the mental side of things to solidify that belief um, and you can, you know, I went into that competition 100% believing that 400 was going to be there at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. I was I was convinced that I was going to have that. And to see that slowly fall away, like the chances <laughs> of that, I think that's why yeah. it hit me so hard, like after squats, when I realised I'm not feeling good, like I'm not yeah, in a good place today. Yeah. Um I just kind of went away and I was like, I can't make up 10 kilos. Like, it was just objectively, like, like if I'd come away with 145, then I would maybe would have been like, well, I could maybe deadlift a little, like, enough to exactly. yeah. to pull that back. But because I left with the, um, the 140, there was just no chance that I was pulling 10 kilos out of nowhere. Like, I just didn't know where it was going to come from. Exactly, so, yeah, yeah. um... I just think I had to accept that and that, that was really challenging in the moment to go, uh-huh. okay, this was my goal and I'm not going to get it today um, because of something that's happened right at the start of the competition. Mm. Like You've got mm. to be able to compose yourself and go, I am disappointed. I think it's okay. I think we need to 
acknowledge that it's okay to be disappointed like there's yes. no point yes. fighting your feelings in that moment yes. you're disappointed because you care right yeah and i think like ultimately <laughs> yeah. if we start demonizing like feeling these kind of strong emotions of frustration disappointment like it actually breeds more toxic emotions because you're not giving yourself the time to process like you're not giving yourself the space to be able to feel disappointed and it's where I think it's when we don't give ourselves that space we end up like internalizing all these feelings mm. and that actually breeds breeds more uh, kind of toxic feelings yep. um so you know I think it's uh, really no, important that can pave the yeah. way for some properly toxic attitudes sure on the rebound and in general uh towards your powerlifting and yeah. the, the, let's be honest powerlifting is what part of people's life for some people it's a really huge part um but the way that you approach powerlifting can oftentimes be the same way that you approach um, your work or studying or your relationships or other things in your life because you apply yourself to those things that you care about oftentimes in a similar basic way Mm. to the way you apply Mm. yourself to powerlifting you know your your fundamental values and beliefs guide you um, Mm. in all of those things and so if you're if you're noticing that there's a a tendency you have like Amy's saying to um, refuse to let yourself even feel annoyed or disappointed or frustrated if things just by chance don't go your way Um, or if factors you didn't foresee came into into play um, and that maybe just pushed your performance off Mm -hmm. of its pedestal and you 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 didn't have what you, you thought you might have it's so important, as you say, firstly, to experience that. I think mm. that's really valuable to emphasise. Well, Ed always used to, you know, Ed, who we've had on the podcast before, yes. he's a sports psychologist, he always used to talk about, um, he introduced me to the concept of there being helpful negative emotion. Aye. And, mm-hmm. um, and how there could be, there's also just neutral negative emotion as well. And there's some stuff that's like, it helps us to kind of process, it helps us to... Um, or it spurs us on to do something. Um, it's it's there as a motivator. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even if you look at something like anger, like anger can be an unhelpful emotion sometimes in some contexts. But if we didn't feel angry about things like injustice, then nobody would do anything about it. You know, it's also a motivator. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, if we're only motivated by anger, then that would be an issue too. So the, there's a lot of complexity to these kind of negative emotions. Yes. And it's just important to make sure that you don't just start bashing yourself on the head. I, I used to do this all the time. You know, <laughs> I'd feel frustrated oh, about yeah. something and be like, why are you frustrated about it? And you're just literally making it harder for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're already frustrated. You're already experiencing a, a difficult emotion to process. And yeah. like, why pile on anger on top of that at yourself for being frustrated, you know? So um, it's it's a really complex uh, thing. And I think this is where powerlifting, you know, it branches and it touches so many parts of our lives and, and who we are, our beliefs, our values, our underlying motivations. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like this detached thing from no, who we not are. Um, you can't just you can't just like ditch, you know, that negative belief that yeah. you have or, you know, on comp day is if like you're this invincible robot, like you're a person <laughs> and yeah. you bring all the stuff and all the baggage sometimes that you have as a person. And it's I actually have always thought about powerlifting as a vehicle to um, 
facilitate change and mm-hmm. it's actually one of the things that you know you like really personal help. change like personal, personal change yeah things. and it's one of the things you really helped me with after the competition because I think one of the things that got me out of the rut of negative emotion and just feeling like, like let's say not just po- like useful negative or neutral negative but actually bad negative yeah, emotions just, um, yeah, self like just my self esteem felt so low. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. I think I just felt like you know what it was this sense of like for the very first time I had this feeling of just like well what's the point you know like yeah I'm putting in all that's this work. That's the perfect question though. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. these these emotions, these thoughts, bring us back to the the underlying. Why do you do it? Hundred percent. Yeah. And Honestly, why do you do it though? Um, because a lot of people do powerlifting for many reasons, mm. but I think as people get to higher levels and they compete, and then they compete a lot, they compete and are competitive, you know, amongst mm. other powerlifters. And mm-hmm. um, why they do it, it has to be a really good reason because it's pretty tough. Sure, yeah. It takes a lot of dedication. Uh, it takes a lot to just you know take yourself off for a weekend and you know empty the tank mm. and come back feeling rough. You know, you got to be doing it for a reason, right? What is that reason? Because then I'm sure that will inform some of your emotions and all of that and, and might pave the way for those negative, uh, bad negative thoughts and emotions. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And it might be something that can help to reverse those as well and, and help to deal with them. What do you think makes a bad negative emotion though? Do you want me to address the why question first though? To, or do you want me to, you know, the why why my motivation or do you want me to go straight to the kind of what makes a bad negative emotion question well yeah i I suppose they're linked (laughs) they are linked they are very linked but Um, either way okay right i'll I'll first address my why because i think it is relevant yeah Um, why do you do it i think for me and everybody's why is different but for me powerlifting came about in my life at time where I was struggling with an eating disorder, anorexia. Um, I was recovering from that, and it was something that challenged me. But I felt such a benefit of the kind of reward of being challenged and overcoming um, those kind of negative behaviors that I had, and I really loved. Um, I just fell in love with the sport, but the kind of why behind I what the why behind why I kept going, um, was really down to the fact that you know it did challenge my beliefs. It yeah. made me feel like I was a better person because of it. Because you know there was there was so many uh, negative behaviors that I was experiencing at that time, and it brought so many of those to the surface, but. And, and that could be painful, but at the same time, it gave me an opportunity to address them exactly. and to feel like I could overcome them yeah. and that I was better than that and that I could become the person that I really wanted to be. And yeah. I could see a way through, um, to a kind of almost a way out through through lifting. And I think in, in some ways that's continued to evolve for me for, in terms of what that means. It's no longer about, you know my anorexia recovery because you know thankfully I'm on the other side of that but um it's so much more about a vehicle for um progressing me as a person for making me 
a better person because of it. And uh-huh. I, I always say as well, when, like, sometimes when I'm lifting, I always, I think, you know, I want to be like this person more. <laughs> if that makes uh, sense. In, in more of my life, person. yeah, yeah in more of my that. life, I want to be this person. I want to be yeah. the person that's like invested in community and relationships and builds people up and is confident in myself and my abilities. And um, I think there's just so many characteristics that are positive that powerlifting brings out of people, and where it brings the the things that can arise against that, like the negative things, like the. Um, underlying beliefs that are unhelpful or the yeah. crippling anxiety and mm. things like that or just like the people pleasing like, there's so many different things that will come up but I always see that well it's hard at the times where those things do ruin a performance but at the same time I always see that as like well my why is to continue progressing as a person this yeah. has shown me that this is something I need to work on and so that's the whole purpose yeah. why I'm doing this in the first place is to grow and to become better yeah. so yeah. this is actually an opportunity it might feel like a like something painful and a failure right now but what do you right? learn from yeah. all your if you I was constantly successful what would I actually <laughs> actually be learning like I wouldn't learn oh. anything about myself um but oh, actually failures yeah. teach us so much about who we are and they expose the kind of gaps um and in some ways that's a blessing right because if you were um I always think like sometimes I get excited when I notice a weakness a muscular yeah. weakness right <laughs> because I'm like oh great this is an opportunity for me to you know I can maximize my strength more here's an area where I can grow and develop and that will transfer to adding kilos to my total right yeah. if you if I constantly felt strong in every single facet of of my physical body then I'd be like well where is the progress going to come from right because you've already maximized it all <laughs> like whereas like when i think sometimes when you identify so, a weakness it's a space yeah for progression it's, a it's space like a for recognition that you are incomplete exactly yeah and yeah. then a recognition of the importance of uh, deriving value from the process that takes you to the goal 100 percent. yeah hence the tattoo on your left arm yeah which is says, very cheesy trust the process bro <laughs> It doesn't uh, say bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Johnny it should. It should. <laughs> Buddy. Um, anyway. Uh, oh dear. Right. This is fascinating. And I, not only do I wholeheartedly agree, but I think that's really quite moving and quite interesting. Um, because it, it really does expose, I think, a lot of what happens uh, with human behaviour and <laughs> life in general. Which is that we have personal dilemmas and challenges. Um we suffer, uh, we have passions and desires that we need to fight to kind of make happen, or we need love and affection and acceptance, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so often we use things as proxies to win those fights internally. So mm. I think sport and exercise is one of the most clear examples of where people use it as a proxy to overcome personal obstacles sure. that might be holding them back from something they need or something they want or something that they want to do for someone else yeah um i remember a friend of mine took up running in lockdown like long distance running and he said every time he went further than he'd ever gone before he kind of came up to just before he was going to exceed his best his furthest distance he came up to this kind of in- internal barrier 
they felt exactly the same as the internal barrier he faced when he was um, a, perhaps, I don't know, in a compromised social situation where he was like needing to make a stand for something or where he was, um, he needed to push beyond his boundaries to do the right thing for a family member, say mm. someone who was mm. in need. And he kind of got to that point in his running and whenever he pushed through that, he thought, if I can do it here, I can do it in that situation as well. And so, like, I think a lot of people use powerlifting and competing as a very pure form of powerlifting generally to fight the fights that are theirs, you know, their internal 100%, things. yeah. And, and push through to win. Because if it was purely about lifting the weights, why would people be cheering? It's because they, che- they cheer because they know you, they know what you've been through. Mm. a little bit maybe or they've seen you progress or they've seen you had a, a bad time maybe once or twice and then they see you coming back or they see mm. you doing something that's truly remarkable yeah and uh, it's great because people share in in your victory but they also share in your your defeat sometimes as well, well they, they share, share the in the process of, exactly. yeah they share the emotions of like the day as well yeah. and i think yeah. You know, it's why if somebody's about to bomb out, people always cheer oh the loudest goodness, for yeah. their their third attempt because it's like everybody yeah. want is getting behind you, and it's like you know, everyone knows what it's like to, um, to be in the spotlight and to fail, whether or not that's, um, in powerlifting or in another form of life. I feel like most people know what that feels like, and I think there's. Mm-hmm. Just as I think it's important though that um, you know it's 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 lovely when you see a community all come together and yeah. and really really cheer somebody on and you know really kind of come alongside them and and even in failures and defeat come alongside somebody and kind of like bolster them up and and remind them that it's something that they can learn from and it's part of the, you know the experience of competing and putting yourself out there. It is like. A nerve-wracking experience. It is a very exposing oh, situation, but yeah. you know, I think that's, um, I think I think that's a good thing in some ways about it too, because yeah. um, it just it forces you into a place of adaptation and improvement, and um, yeah. yeah. And I think you've you've also got to realize just as in life, so as in well, yes, you know, true. where you're constantly yeah. having to adapt, and you and oftentimes. It's public, like you say. Yeah, you know, yeah. Our challenges are oftentimes not just within the four corners of our homes or, or just ourselves, but they're often public as well. So, yeah. you know, it's, again, that whole um, proxy thing. That it's really, really nice. Really yeah. nice, you know. Hey, um, this is getting much deeper than I thought it was going to, but hey, that's nice. <laughs> listen, this is it. This is it. Like, anything like this, I, I don't want to believe that underneath all experiences like this are things that interest people. Mm-hmm. There are lie these kinds of thoughts and, and realities, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because we... I'm going to sneeze on oh, my days. Okay. No, Just don't, sneeze, don't, that don't. sneeze that way. Sneeze that way. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, ladylike sneeze that. Right. <laughs> but we were chatting earlier about a little bit on in this vein about how um, people can use powerlifting for really positive purposes personally in terms of like you know facing up to challenges pushing through things and it's really cool but there can also be um a kind of dark side to that i suppose where people um find themselves uh and every single person is, does this mm. or to some extent whatever 
but finds himself doing it and lifting or trying lifting publicly competing um, so that they can in some way um, derive a sense of value from the opinions of other people or yeah, gain it's a really in some dangerous way. Thing, yeah. Well, you know, this is the funny thing because on the one hand, I, I, I really do want to know your thoughts on this as somebody who has been there very recently at a high level because on the one hand, it's really important to do things and then receive recognition for those things if, if they're hmm, great yeah, you know sure. you should get yeah. recognition for that that's really key to our self-worth um but it can happen potentially particularly at the extremes of experience tough comps really important things big milestone events for you that you may have set as like your n- number one comp for the year yeah um, sure where it maybe goes a bit beyond that and it mm. becomes almost like you're almost being dictated to by the opinions as you perceive them that others hold about you uh, as yeah. you go through your day. Um, and uh, <laughs> my favourite subject, I feel it is in some ways bolstered by the phenomenon of social media and how, inv- how uh, deeply involved it is in powerlifting culture. Yeah, I mean, like, social media has become such a big thing in powerlifting, like, recently. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of always has been, but in terms of the development of the sport, um, yeah. I do think it has become a bigger deal recently in terms of brands and all that. That was not really a thing, like, yeah. when I joined powerlifting, like, brand deals and it just didn't exist. Um, so, or I mean, like collaborations I'm, between different lifters who go sure. to each other's gyms and video yeah. themselves training together and then it's on YouTube and then it's... That's mm. how they get their income. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa. Yeah. The, the, the lay of the land has changed. Like, it's so new. But in some ways, yeah. I'm like very, very excited by it because, right, right. you know, I want the sport to progress. <coughs> like, I really, really do. But sure. at the same time, I also think it does present challenges because I think, like, you know, this is a an issue for everyone um, in, in our kind of modern society as well is we've got influencers in every single sphere of life I mean you can think about like the most boring household item that you use like a toothbrush and there's probably like influencers getting brand deals from toothbrush companies oh, like I, pushing yeah. it onto your um, social media feed yeah. and it's just you know it's just the way that our world works nowadays and I just think it's very um, it's something to bear in mind because I don't think anybody is immune. I think some people are more predisposed to being affected by it, but yeah. I don't think anyone is immune to being affected by the fact that everyone's always posting their best lifts, everyone's posting the highlight reel. And just um, everyone's is looking. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's looking, yeah. Everyone's <sighs> like everyone's this, this... eyeing up each other and <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the I, Instagram I search know. before the call. If I'm a bit of a caveman or whatever, but I, I you really sure off oh, well. I will take because I mean like I find the whole thing winds me up so much. This whole phenomenon, right, of everybody yeah. posturing themselves based on what they've seen on Instagram. It's almost like this um undercurrent Instagram battle where like everyone's hmm. subtly trying to like and people they're posting and then they stop posting and then they start posting again whoa they've made so much gains and hey I'm going to compare myself to them and go I haven't progressed that quickly in that time and um, and all of this kind of thing uh, if that does not fuel comparing yourself to other people I don't know what yeah, does yeah like, I think I think and it, that is yeah. that is you're playing with fire when you're doing that particularly coming up to something that's as 
uh, intense and emotional as a as a big comp. Well, apart from anything else, I think my experience, although maybe not in the way that I hoped that it would, but it does really demonstrate the fact that you can you can hit some really huge numbers in the gym, and that mm. doesn't really mean anything about how well you're going to perform in comp. I yes. just think like yes. there, there's a uh-huh. difference between. You know, you could see somebody doing really, really well in the gym or doing really poorly in the gym. Well, maybe you wouldn't really see them doing poorly in the gym because mm, people don't that. post you know, themselves yeah. doing poorly in the gym. But your prep doesn't necessarily dictate your experience on comp day. There's so many factors that that lead up, to, that, that affect that, right? So I think it's so easy to view something in isolation. So you view Absolutely. somebody's squat day... You don't, you, know, know, you, know you don't nothing, know nothing, do you? Yeah. You don't know what weight they were. You don't know what yeah. they ate that day. You don't know how many meals they'd had before they got to that session. You don't know what caffeine... How much maltodextrin have they had before they squat? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, there's... What pre-workout were they using? Yeah, were they on holiday? Like, were they hey, at the end of a yeah, working day? Yeah. Like, there's so many factors, and you don't know if their coach has kind of peaked them to hit that particular lift on that day. Like, for my squat... It was literally yeah. like we ran like a for the one fifty that I did one hundred and fifty kilos. Um, we did run a kind of like mini squat peak. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, you yeah. know, I was really confident my squat training was going really well. I mean, it's not that it wasn't going into comp, but it was going well. But you know, that was the best it'd ever been was when I posted that one fifty. And mm. also, you don't know if somebody's doing those lifts in the context of an SBD day. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're doing a bench one day, a squat one day, a deadlift another so, day. There are endless factors. There's so that, that many factors, an and I think mm. we. But, but brains, the problem with Instagram is it, it takes like all that. of them away. It takes all, yeah. and our, and it's true as well. We do not see the world in that way for some annoying reason. Well, well it's like <laughs> couple you, that you know. with the fact that on Instagram, I mean, I, I don't know what the average amount of Instagram use is in like people between 15 and 35, 40, 55, whatever, in the UK for Instagram, particularly amongst this culture, but I'll bet it would surprise you. And so if you think you're you're getting that much information about people's lifts and you're looking at that much content, coupled with the propensity of the human mind to um, look at things without stopping and going, but hey, maybe they're just having a phenomenal day or maybe they're just having a terrible day or something might be happening behind the scenes that I have no clue about yeah exactly and then comparing yourself to them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. I fully believe that that is not helpful and I don't actually helpful unhealthy um, I, I think it's very very rare I think the people who maybe this is a generalization but I don't think it is very helpful or very healthy. And there's a probably a tiny number of people, mm-hmm. probably guys, probably younger guys, maybe, I don't know, but who kind of maybe thrive more on the sort of like competitive angle, like or leading up yeah. to the competition, like between like rivals. And maybe that helps. I don't know. Maybe, comments and stuff like that. Like, maybe uh, that's kind of, well, I mean, it can be kind of playful. Too, I know, I I, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. there's an extent to which you do want to create hype in the lead up to the co- a competition because, you know, that's what draws attention. That's what grows the sport. Like, you know, there's there's lots of reasons why that might be, um, more entertaining but I think from an athlete's perspective you've got to be able to take yourself away from all of that and just be like that's just a discourse that's happening he- over here but like you've got to almost create this little bubble around yourself where it's like none of that matters and sometimes that takes very practical steps like when I 
I do wish I had taken myself off Instagram, like, in the lead-up to the comp, potentially, but mm. um, I think, like, to be fair, a lot of the pressure I was putting on myself was quite internal rather than external, but yeah, um, yeah. I think the after the comp, I took, like, around a week or so off of Instagram, and that really did help me because I think I would have, if I'd gone straight onto Instagram and saw somebody progressing and, like, having put on 10 kilos on their lifts in a week, then I would have just been like, oh, my days, like, that's it, I give up. Well, I wouldn't have given up, but I'm not, uh, I'm not like that, but... No, no, I know, I know. You know, you would feel like that. You would feel like, oh, my goodness, you know, like, there's so-and-so having a great time, and here's poor little me and you could just get into this, this really it. bad exactly, headspace exactly and it's exactly what you just said about oh look at that look how good they're doing i might as well just give up how many of us have thought that way every single person has thought that way Across what lies so behind things. that thought is i am doing this so that i can prove to people that i am better than them does think, it not? Fundamentally, does it? I honestly, now, yeah, I think there's I a place in, so in sport, I, I, I fully believe, for like you know, competitiveness and, oh, yeah, and sure. trying to be the best you can be uh, with a view to that being you know, objectively good in a sporting context, competition yeah, context. Yeah, pe- people all want to be the best. But, That's... but, 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 but I, I think it, I, I maybe draw the line a lot further back than, than other people want. Everyone's view on this is, is interesting and different. But I really believe that um, if you're comparing yourself to anyone else except yourself yesterday or a week ago or whatever, when you're trying to gauge how well you're doing, progression-wise, you will almost inevitably have a distorted view and that will lead to bad stuff, <laughs> basically. That will not be helpful and it might be an, a positively unhelpful thing. Yeah. Um, and I also believe that if you're not lifting um, for the virtue of the thing in and of itself and the way that it helps you, maybe just helps you mentally or you enjoy being physically healthy as a result of it or because it has a great community attached to it or because it allows you to eat more calories because mm. that's fun. Or... Not anybody here does that Never, Or, you know, like, there's a raft of good reasons make sure yours is a good reason is the way I feel about it yeah like, sure because yeah. like you know if, if you're honestly just doing it so that you can show off man that's sad that's yeah, like that's sad. so empty I and, think there's and, a, you, and yeah. you will actually not get as far as you could really go I don't think well you've got to have a, a you've got to have this sort of baseline of um, I think a a why or a reason that's the, you know a solid one that is not like dependent on other people's opinions, opinions or anything or like that and then then you can have a sort of secondary or... like you can have a secondary motivation of you know i want to win this comp i want to beat so and so like i mean there's a competitiveness that can exist but uh-huh. i think yeah, it has yeah, to be yeah. secondary yeah. to like the primary reason which has got ah, to be solid yeah, yeah. um but yeah i think more often than not people are so easily swayed by uh seeing other people's progress and yes and just comparing themselves to them. And everyone's got their own journey, right? You know, Who's to say that you can't put, I don't know, 20 kilos on in the next yeah. few, few months on your toe um, and be Who's back? Who's to say that you should, you know, though? Like, uh, yeah. You know, like, do you know just, what I mean? It's and just... also, somebody might be taking, you know, like sometimes you might not see somebody lift anything heavy for like months and months. 
but maybe they're taking time to work on their technique or something and they'll mm. come back and maybe they had a huge. baby maybe they had a child i don't know <laughs> maybe they've got something going on and, an like, injury or something or yeah um, anyway should we move on to something <laughs> else a lot of thoughts a lot yeah of thoughts. a lot of thoughts but uh yeah I, I, so yeah here we go um ah i see here written redemption arc question mark Okay. So, um, I think here's I think, uh, my uh, yeah yeah here's my very um controversial take on redemption arcs. Because <laughs> you hear a lot about this, don't you? Look, I think it's well, obviously it's cool that some people have had these amazing redemption arcs and they've been very successful. Like, I'm thinking Leah Bavois missing weight, coming back and winning worlds. She's using that phrase yeah. herself quite a lot. Um, I'm, I'm talking Panna obviously as well who obviously came back and won the 66 which is incredible um after bombing out at euros i think it was um but yeah so i okay i think that redemption arcs don't work for the majority of people let me explain um if what they're motivated by is I'm so disappointed in myself. I can't stand the fact that I like I can't bear the fact that I performed that poorly. Therefore I must, you know, spend all of the next few months, you know, battering myself with my self-hatred, pushing myself to the most ridiculous degrees just to come back and pull off a performance that, you know, shows everyone that I'm better than uh than my previous performance. I think that can be such an, a negative uh, like way of um, dealing with it and it's definitely not the way I'm going to approach um, my next competition, which I hope will be Home Nations if I get selected, but I'm not too sure if that will happen yet. We'll just need to wait and see. Um, so yeah, like I think you, you've got to see it as like... But I guess I've been changing my mind around this whole kind of... Obviously, I've wanted to hit this 400 total for a while. I thought I would hit it at this comp. But I think I've been starting to question, even with myself, why did it need to be Scottish Classic? Like, why is there such a, it needs to be, instead of, like, I would like it to be? Um, there's a difference between those two attitudes. And I think there's yes. this, this conception of, like, well, you know, seeing every comp as, like, a stepping stone on a journey and being adaptable is a really good quality and I think this whole kind of redemption arc of putting all of this pressure on the next comp to be like or the next world or the next big whatever the the goal is that you've set for yourself putting all that pressure on that particular moment in time to be the point where you show everybody that you know I am the best or whatever whatever you want to show people I think that's not the right um motivation really i think you've got to be motivated by something like we've been talking about where there's got to be this internal motivation too that's just kind of something solid and you know i i know that people like leah bavois and panna have got really good mental games and they'll probably not have approached this in an unhealthy way and the it's um obviously great for them that the two of them have also come away with such great results i'm not bitter about that at all i just think that this concept of you know, having a redemption arc and putting all that pressure on yourself to have everything together in one particular moment as, can be yeah. quite problematic. As if, as if you need to redeem yourself from anything. I think this is, is it, the problem. Okay, that's because an interesting concept. I fundamentally, suppose. you know, people go in these redemption arcs after losing or doing badly, right? Sure. So 
why does it matter that you lost? I want I want your actual answer to this question. You know, because <laughs> you know, no, 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 because like, because on the one hand, you know, um, you're you're disappointed that you lost because you believe you could win because your best is enough to win. Now that I think is that is a quite a common and actually a, a totally healthy mindset of like, hey, I'm at a really high level now and I really believe I could I could win this thing, uh, because it's something that I can push towards. And it's, yeah, the problem is when it goes anywhere really beyond that, though, in my mind, because, and I mean, I bet there's loads of people out here that, that disagree with me, <laughs> and I would be really interested, because I just find this interesting. Um, if, if the reason that you can't, if the reason you want to win is because you need to win in order to be, uh, to have a certain degree of self-value or to maintain an identity that you hold about yourself Mm -hmm. or to prove yourself to someone else maybe a parent or maybe uh uh like uh somebody you're in a relationship with or something um to kind of secure some affirmation or whatever i think you've got to be really careful with that 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 can actually lead to some very unhealthy um behaviors and attitudes uh, that actually steal the joy out of your lifting yeah and and you're competing because if you can't lose without needing to come back and show that hey, you know, you know, I need to redeem myself from being something less than the world's absolute monster killer best powerlifter ever who eats everyone else for breakfast, then maybe you need to think about how you who you believe you are, you know? Well, I guess like in some ways you think of redemption as in like we are redeeming yourself from the concept of being like falling short of something exactly. falling short of the mark and ultimately that mark is something that you've probably placed upon yourself and by comparison it, to other people yeah, either by comparison to other people or perhaps you've um fallen short of a mark that you've created that hasn't taken into account any of your externals that have right. uh, impacted right. you too yeah. and i think I think the ones that are the hardest to process are the ones where you just have no idea why something went wrong. Like, you just feel like there's no rhyme or reason to it. And that's quite rare, I think. I think usually there's something that's probably affecting things. But um, that's where it's frustrating. But in that case, it's just a case of, of digging deep into some, you know, and thinking about it and trying to kind of establish. Because there will be something. There will have been, you know, whether it's your mental game or a physical um something physical that's impacted you too mm. um yeah so, so yeah you i, I might, just you I'm, might be ill you might be ill i don't know <laughs> you might but have the flu you're um probably yeah. yeah so redemption arcs i'm i'm not a massive fan um shall we do uh maybe like another question or so and then we'll oh. try and wrap things up sure yeah we need to think about the future because <laughs> we you know, need to think about the future because th- this is the, this is the past <laughs> and we're in the present now looking towards <laughs> In What's your next, next? Hope, which is the, the bench championship. Well, no, no, sorry, you're not. Nobody's meant to know about that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing. I can't believe Uh-oh. I'm saying this. No, I was literally. I'm, I'm doing the Scottish bench championships. We're absolutely. Was this like? Were you going to be going well, in I was disguise just, I was just, or something? Yeah, I was going to dress up as somebody else. <laughs> no, no. You made, you made the world renowned bencher. You know. 
guys, Every I am not a bencher. This is embarrassing. Okay, so I'm doing the Scottish bench champs as a 63, like literally not cutting for it, just showing up um, just as a training day, like just to get exposure to the comp environment. It's not going to be a big deal. I don't want anyone to tune in and watch me. Please don't watch me. <laughs> oh, well, I, I will tune in. Well, you're going to be, be there. there. You're I'll probably going to handle me. Anyway, oh, so right. I don't... Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, Scottish bench is not what I'm counting as my next comp. That's just a little bit of experience of being in the comp environment because we haven't really touched on this much, but one of the factors that I think went into the day not going so well was I'm a very, very anxious lifter and I don't really do so well with time away from a comp environment and knowing how to handle that. Um, I do mm. much better when I have lots of exposure to it, but I don't, but I also need time away from competing to be able mm. to progress. So there's a tension there. So I'm thinking about maybe doing some more competitions just for fun, whether they're, you know, just easy, like more like chilled ones, like bench only, or um, just more like mock meets or club comps or I don't know, just yeah, yeah. or a district and just do it as a training day. Like there's yeah. lots of different options there, but I'm, not actually like going a hundred percent, but just treating yeah. it as a training day. But yeah, I would. I'm kind of thinking about doing that a lot more. Um. So for me, like the the future, in terms of the next comp, I'm not like excluding the Scottish bench, which I'm not counting, which is in like three weeks or something, which is wild. Um, I'm probably home nations if I make the team. I think if I'd come first and I'd got best lifter, well, I mean first overall. Um, then I would have probably secured a spot there. But I'm not 100% sure um, how that's going to play out. So we'll just have to wait and see who gets um, invited. And if I get one of the classic lifter invites, then I'll accept it. Um, It just depends, because it might be that some people who are further up... Because if people don't know kind of how home nation selection works, it usually is um, the top kind of three females by gl points and then there's like three females classic and three females equipped or that certainly was when it was last year when i competed Mm -hmm. um so it's it's and it's per like nation in terms of scotland england um northern ireland wales um so i'd need to be kind of top three by gl points in scotland excluding the lifters that are probably going to euros because they wouldn't um, usually accept Yeah, they, they overlap, so. don't they, usually? Well, yeah, usually it's a clash. Realistically, yeah. Realistically, it's not a, not something you really want to do. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Um, fingers crossed I get a chance to, to go to that. If not, I'm just going to do something like the Scottish Winter Open. I I, I just need to... I just want to do another comp. Kind Winter of Open, that'll be fun. I'm going to do that. Joey, <laughs> you're going to do that one, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. So, if we'll see just, what happens. Just mad but banter, just like... Do like um, what's the fellow's name? He came along and absolutely demolished everybody. Um, Chris Wall. Chris Wall. Right. Just do one of them. Not like I'm not saying any capacity, but just saying like, <laughs> just come along and just be like, whoa, oh my goodness, right? Just go and have a great time. And, uh, I don't you know, know. We'll see. Have we'll, some fun. We will see what happens. Um, yeah. I very much hope that I get selected for nominations, but again, it's I'm going to sneeze again. This is terrible timing. We can mute the microphone. Hold on. Uh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we muted me for my sneezes. Um, 
yeah, so that's what the future looks like for me. Um, yeah. I'm also looking at doing some sports psychology stuff in the meantime. Um, hopefully I'll get a chance to do that. I think that will really help me understand a lot of um, what happened at Classics and what's been happening maybe a little bit more recently with my nerves being a lot more severe in a comp setting and just maybe what some of the factors are that are impacting that and begin to work on that a bit. So I'm excited to kind of do some of that mm-hmm. and uh, I think that will really Im- improve things in terms of my comp day performance and, and things like that so I, I am excited about the future and yeah um, I think it can only get better from here and you've got to see this as just another obstacle that I'm going to overcome or that I have overcome and that I'm continuing to um, look into and you know it's an inverted commas failure but it's also something that I've learned a lot from already and I know mm. I'm going to learn even more from yeah, um, yeah. and it's been so good for oh Barney's coming to say hello it's been so good um, to be able to some of these things to be highlighted to me in terms mm. of like areas where I can actually um, invest a little bit of time and improve on and I think for me and Shar too Shar's my coach um, it's given a Go Shar. Yeah. Um, it's, it's and sponsor and, of the competition. And sponsor of the comp. And uh, Leila's my nutrition coach. So the two of them, um, we've worked really closely together and it's been good having some of the discussions after the comp and kind and of jury. thinking about... And, and jury. During, but, but after the comp specifically thinking about, okay, what have we learned from this as kind of coach athletes? Mm-hmm. Um, coaches, athlete. Um, yeah. Got that wrong there. Um, and kind of how, how can we learn from this in terms of the relationship and and um how we approach comps moving forward mm. so i'm excited to see the yeah. the kind of outcome of all of those discussions and yeah. improvements anyway we've talked for nearly an hour so yeah. i think it's about time that we wrap things up but thank you all for um listening um we've got a couple of really um cool guests in the next few weeks so i'm hopeful that next um the next episode will be with Nicola. Um, now, I don't know if you, many people will know Nicola, but Nicola Murray is a lifter in Paisley Barbell. Um, she has recently suffered quite a severe um, injury and has been completely out of the game and in hospital and all sorts of things for mm. for quite a long time, um, but had been at British Championships. I think yep. she came fourth in the forty-seven kilo class at Brits, which is amazing um, yep. for her first British Championship. She's a body she, triple bodyweight deadlift. She's she's no, an incredible yeah. incredible lifter, um, and has been out the game for quite a while. And I think it would be a really interesting conversation just to chat to her about that and about her recovery process and about exactly. how she has maintained that motivation and her love for lifting and um, throughout all of that time. So I'm hopeful that will be a a good discussion and. Um, We'll also have Shar at some point on the podcast yeah. as well. And, and there's just lots of guests that I've got kind of in my head that I'm just trying to arrange. <laughs> so um, lots to look forward to and hopefully we'll see you next time. Yep. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the Bar is Loaded podcast. If you did, please like it, download it, and feel free to give our podcast a rating as well. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at bar is loaded underscore podcasts. Hopefully see you next time.